If you did not get a Bible on the way in, there's a table full of them in the back, all of those blue books, so grab one of those. Anybody need one? Mr. Corey can grab you one. Anybody? Anybody? You good? Everybody's got a Bible? Just to make sure you've got a Bible, you're going to use it, right? Not like looking on Instagram and Facebook and all of those other things while we're talking. As Ellis looks up, yeah, I better close that. Okay. Hey, I see how it is. No. Let me ask you guys a question. What is this? A light bulb. What does this do? It makes light. Okay. Man, you guys, one week out of school and y'all are still on top of your game right there. Awesome. Why, why do we need this? Why do we need light? To see. To see in the dark. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Any other reason? Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> okay. When you're in the dark, can change the way we see everything. And the reason we're talking about that tonight is because we have light. We use light every single day. Whether it's a, a trick light bulb or these lights in here or the sun, we need light to see on a daily basis because light does some basic things for us. Okay? Things that I think we can all agree on. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong as we walk through these. Some of the things that light does, it warns us of danger. Right? Okay, agreed. I, I remember a time when, when Miss Kathleen and I were dating still in high school. You'll remember this story as I start to tell it. It's not embarrassing, I promise. I was taking her from, I had picked her up. We, were, we lived down near Gainesville, Florida. We were on 441, this big four-lane highway. And as we were driving from her house to Gainesville, it was dark. And as we're going down 441, we see cars coming towards us because there's a split highway. It's two lanes going one way, two lanes going the other way. But one particular car that looks like it's coming towards us, the headlights look a little off. It's not in line with the other cars that are moving in the opposite direction as we are. And as we started to get closer, it's dark outside. We see these headlights. I've got my headlights on. We realize real quick, the car that looked a little off wasn't in the two lanes of traffic that was going in the opposite direction. It was in the lane that I was traveling down. Apparently, a little old lady had gotten confused when she turned onto this four-lane highway and she turned into oncoming traffic. And because she had her headlights on, and because we had our headlights on, we were able to see each other and figure out real quick something was wrong. It helped us to avoid danger. So light does that for us. It warns us of danger. It also does this, as we already talked about. It exposes darkness. There's not much explanation needed there. Our family likes to go hiking. I know some of y'all think that is absolutely crazy. You walk out in the woods, everything you need for three to four days on your back, and you need lights. Because when you get out there in the woods, there's no street lights. There's no, there's no nothing. There's no windows, anything to actually see at night. And I mean, under those tree canopies, it gets pitch black. And you need a light to expose danger because there's animals out there. Because there's things you can trip and fall on. So light does that for us. It illuminates our path. Same idea. When you're walking down a dark sidewalk, what do you do? What do you pull out of your pocket? Your phone and do what? And turn on that flashlight. You use the screen or you turn on that flashlight. Because you want to be able to see where you're going. You want to see what your path is. It also does this. It awakens us from our sleep. How many of you hate that one? <laughs> so much? Ah, okay. In the last... In the last week of school, did anybody's parents walk in early in the morning and flip on the lights before they even tried to wake you up nicely? A couple of you, do you like it when that happens? No, why not? 
What's that? Because it burns. But you know what? Hey, as annoying as it is, it works, doesn't it? Now, some of you very quickly take the blankets and shove them up over your head and try not to wake up. But, but, when the lights come on, when the sun comes up, it wakes you up. It tells your body that it's time for something different to happen. And the last thing I think we can agree on is that light produces life. Doesn't it? Things, plants, trees, people. We need light to grow. We need the sun. We need what God has provided in order to make that happen. All of these things, we can agree, light is critical to our physical existence. And God knows that, and that's why God gave us physical light in the first place. God's the one who created that. If you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, it says right there in the first four verses, in the beginning, if you want to know where we're going to be finally tonight, you can turn over to John chapter 1. Let me read these. We're going to be in John chapter 1. But Genesis chapter 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So from the very beginning, God gives us a gift of light because light is important to our lives. And something that we need to understand that when it comes to things like the sun or little trick light bulbs or the lights you use in your house or glow sticks or whatever it is you use to see, the camera on your on your phone for your flashlight, whatever that may be, as important as those things are, those are not the most important sources of light that God has given us. There's actually one source of light that's way more important than all of those and Scripture lines it out in John chapter 1. That physical light is not the most important light God will ever give you in your life. John chapter 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, and that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. See, the most important light that God has ever given us, as great as the sun is, as necessary as it is, as important as these light bulbs are that we need in our life every day that we use, that is not the most important light that God has ever gifted to humanity. Jesus is. And that's what he's talking about right there. He's the most important light that you will ever encounter. In fact, Jesus actually refers to himself as light in John chapter 8, just a few chapters later, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I love it when Scripture backs up Scripture because that's how God's Word works. What that means is Jesus illuminates everything. All of that stuff we talked about earlier, those things that were characteristics of light, every single one of those applies to Jesus. Jesus warns us of danger. He warns us when we're facing sin, when we're facing temptation, when we're going to do things that dishonor God, we can turn to His Word and we can see what those things are clearly. 
He does that by exposing the darkness in this world and in our lives. Nothing, nothing is hidden from who Jesus is. Scripture tells us he illuminates our path. He awakens us from our sleep. Think about that for a second. Without Jesus in your life, Scripture says you're you're asleep. You're dead. Dead in your sin. Dead in your trespasses. Every single one of us. And without Jesus, we're stuck there. Stumbling around in the dark. We have no way to wake up. We have no way to come alive except through Jesus Christ. And when that happens, when that moment comes that we actually put our faith and trust in Jesus, Scripture tells us that that brings life and it brings life abundantly. And that life is more than anything we've ever experienced on our own. That's why John 3, 16, many of you are familiar with that verse, says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Whoever believes in Him shall have life, shall have light. Because that's who Jesus is. So the question at that point is, so what? That's great. I, we've heard those scriptures before. We've talked about those scriptures before. Most of you, if not all of you, could probably quote John 3.16 to me. You know what the Bible says. So what? Well, it means there's some very important things that you and I need to understand on a daily basis. And the first one is this. Because we know who Jesus is, we know He is the light, you need to understand, based on John 3.16, that God loves you. Let me read that first part again. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. I don't care who you find in Camden County or in this world. It can be the most giving, self-sacrificing per person in the world. It can be the most hard, cold-hearted person in the world. It can be somebody who's extremely rich or somebody who has nothing. It can be somebody who's Hispanic or African American or Caucasian or all of these different socioeconomic backgrounds. It can be anybody from any of those things. That scripture says right there, for God so loved the world. God loves all of his creation. Everybody. Even the people that live lives that absolutely in every single aspect dishonor who God is. God still loves His creation. Even the people who will tell you, don't ever talk to me about your God or your Jesus because I don't even believe He exists. God loves everybody. We've got to remember that. Because if, if you've put your faith and your trust in God, sometimes we tend to have the mindset that, okay, God loved me and God's forgiven me, but those people over there, those people who don't follow God, those people who are living those lifestyles that, oh my gosh, we disagree with on a fundamental basis, they're too far gone for God. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says God loves you. God loves me. God loves them. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. But where it gets tricky is the fact that you and I have a sin problem. That's where we get into an issue. When we look around us, we can see it every single day. We can see it played out in people's lives. We can see people making choices that don't honor God. I mean, th this week, just yesterday, popped up on my Google Calendar this week that yesterday began the beginning of LGBTQ, I don't even know all the, the letters, Pride Month. Okay. Fundamentally, 
Scripture tells me I have to disagree with that lifestyle. I, I have to. And we look at things like that and we say, well, yeah, sin. The things that people that live those lifestyles, they're doing, they're choosing to dishonor God. They're spitting in God's face. They're saying, I'm going to live a way that God says, don't live. And there's a sin problem. But then very quickly in that same situation, my judging them for their sin problem, guess what that means? I also have a sin problem. Because now I'm looking at them and saying, my sin's not as bad as theirs. And yet I still sin. We all do. We all make choices every single day that dishonor God. Whether it's lying or stealing or or one of a thousand other things that we do. Anything that we do in our lives, guys, that puts me above God, anything, anything that puts me or you above God is sin. That's what Scripture says. It says, whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. We perish because of our sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person who has ever lived in all of humanity except for one. And that's Jesus. You and I, our parents, our grandparents, our teachers, our bosses, our friends, one day your future husband or wife and your kids and your grandkids, all of them sinners. Because we all have that same exact problem. And that sin separates us from God. Scripture tells us that God is love, that God is holy, that God is perfect, and anything that I do that falls short of His perfection is sin. Anything that I do that puts me above God is sin. And that's a problem that you and I are incapable of fixing. Now, that doesn't mean we don't try. We come to church we sign in on the little tablet back there and make sure everybody knows we were here. We bring our Bibles. We stand up. We sing. We say hi to the right people. Keep our church smile on and make sure everybody knows we're having a great day. But at the end of the day, none of that fixes the sin problem. We're incapable of fixing it. And that's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the light. That's why John 3.16 tells us that Jesus is the only answer. Let me read it for you again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. The only way to have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. I don't care what the rest of the world tells you. That's what Scripture says. And Jesus says it in John chapter 14. He's talking to his disciples and he's talking about going to heaven. And one of his disciples named Thomas looks at Jesus and says, but, but we don't know the way to heaven. And Jesus says in John 14, 6, he said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That sin problem that you and I have, Jesus says right there, He is the only solution. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That matters because, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world that tells you as long as you can figure out what makes you happy and you're a good moral person, you'll be okay with God. 
But that's not what Scripture says. There's a, there's a belief system out there. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called moralistic therapeutic deism. Anybody ever heard of that before? Okay. Can anybody tell me what that means? <laughs> Your brain's got nothing. Okay. All right. This, this is a... Yes, Chloe. That's, that's pretty close. Absolutely. It's, it's the idea, it's a study that was done all the way back in 2005 or 2006. And it was a study that was taken of thousands of American teenagers from a whole bunch of different religious backgrounds and some who weren't part of any religious background to find out what they believed about God. And this is the, the general belief system that came out of that. Let me, let me read you a couple of the, the points of things that came out of this study. One belief is this. A God exists, a God, not the God, but a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life on earth. I can almost get on board with that except for that first little word where they said a God, okay? It is the only God. So they're pretty close on that one. Listen to this one. God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other as taught in the Bible and by most world religions. Is that pretty accurate? I mean, God does want us to, to be kind to people, to treat other people kindly to, to be nice to each other so that again that's not too far off and then the third one the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself yeah this is where we just jump the tracks with that train that that that's not what scripture tells us the central goal of life is the central goal of life as someone who knows jesus christ is to live a life that honors him and and i can tell you firsthand if you follow jesus for any period of time, you're going to find out real quick, there's going to be times where he calls you to do things that are going to be ridiculously uncomfortable for you. Scripture tells us that following Jesus is going to cost you. It could cost you a little bit. It could cost you your life. That doesn't jive with what this says. Or how about belief number four? God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem that line up with scripture not even close or or what about this one good people go to heaven when they die is that what scripture says no remember we already talked about the fact that you can't fix your own sin problem you you can't be good enough because if everyone's a sinner for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god let me let you on on a secret no one's good your sin my sin means that we can't be good. So therefore, that belief can't be true. So when we look at belief systems like that, or all of the other self-help, or people say that, you know, you believe in your way and I believe in my way, and we're just climbing up different sides of the mountain to the same God. No, we're not. Scripture says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to God. Christianity, this, this Bible is exclusive. And it's okay to say that if you believe that. It's okay to say that if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus. You don't have to be accepting of every other lifestyle and every other belief system because Scripture doesn't allow for that. It's okay to say, that's wrong. 
That's not who God is. That's not what His Word says because Jesus is the only one who ever lived without sin. In that, He showed that He is God in the flesh. Jesus is the only one who ever died on a cross for our sin and in that showed that He was completely human at the same time. 100% God, 100% man. I can't wrap my mind around it. If you can, please explain it to me. But that's who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus did in His blood, His death, His resurrection. That is the only way to God. And it's not politically correct to say that. But it's biblical truth. And if you don't agree with that right now, I want to challenge you. Go back and read it for yourself. And see what you find. Because as you do, what you're going to find out is that that is true. And that only leaves us with one thing. It means you have to choose. You have to choose. Are you going to choose Jesus? Or are you going to choose to remain in darkness? Scripture refers to it this way. It talks about it being a choice between death and life. It says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's what every one of us deserves. Every single one of us deserves. But then it goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Every single one of us in this room makes a choice every single day. You make a choice if you're going to live a life that's pursuing Jesus or you're going to live a life that's pursuing yourself. Now, don't don't misunderstand me. When I talk about asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin and putting your faith and trust in Him, that is a one-time real-life decision. You, You don't lose your salvation. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when Scripture says that when you believe it in your heart, when you confess it with your mouth, in that moment you are saved and you belong to God forever and nothing can take you away from Him. You are forgiven and you belong to Him. But we still have to make a daily choice to get up and to do things that honor God today or to do things that honor me today. So you have a choice. That first choice is the most important choice. Do you choose life or do you choose death? Do you choose to stumble around in darkness or do you choose to receive the light the way Scripture describes it? Some of you in here tonight, you'd say you've already chosen life the way we've talked about it here. You've already chosen Jesus. You've chosen light. You've asked God to forgive you of your sins. You know His love and His grace and His mercy. And if that's true, I'm so excited for you. I want to challenge you now to live it. If it is true in your life, if it is real in your life, if you say, I'm a disciple, I'm a Christian, I know I'm forgiven, I can tell you when I did that, I can tell you where I was, I can tell you when I was baptized, I can tell you all of those things. My question for you right now is, are you living? Are you making that daily choice to honor God? That's what we're going to talk about next week. And just as important as are you living it, are you now sharing that light with other people? Are you telling anyone about your relationship with Jesus? Not just with your lifestyle, lifestyle evangelism. That's a great thing. Scripture also tells us we got to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about in two weeks from now. 
If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, are you making that daily choice to honor him in your life? And if you're here tonight and you're not, what are you going to do about it? Because you can change that tonight. Some of you in here, you may be here tonight and you've never made that initial choice. You've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus. Yeah, you got your eyes open, but you're stumbling around in the darkness. Dead in your sin. And, and you know what that feels like because you feel lost. You feel like everything that you try, every time something gets hard and you try and you try and you try and you just come back to the same just bottomless pit. Scripture tells us that you don't have to do that every single day. That you can ask God to forgive you of your sin. You can ask God to take over your life. You can pursue Him with everything that you have and in that moment belong to Him and be forgiven. Now, I'm not telling you that's going to solve every problem in your life. The Scripture doesn't make that promise. But the promise it does make is that no matter what happens in your life, you've got an anchor to hold you steady. You've got a light to turn to. You've got something, someone to guide you Somebody to show you what it looks like to honor God every single day to follow Him. So my question for you is the same one. What are you going to do with the light? Not tomorrow. Not Sunday when you go to church. Not next week when you show up here again. But tonight. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can do that right here tonight. And there's nothing magic about my words. It's a simple prayer. God, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. God, I've been living for myself and I can't forgive myself, but I know Jesus died on the cross for me. And I know he rose from the tomb and he conquered sin and he conquered death. God, please forgive me of my sin. Scripture says that when you believe that in your heart, and confess that with your mouth in that moment. You belong to God from then and forever. If you've never done that tonight, but you're ready, when we stand up, when we start to sing, you can do one of a couple things. You can come talk to me about that. You can come see one of the other adults in the room. Or you can take that yellow card that's in each one of these chairs or orange card, and you can write it down on there. I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I want to receive the light so that I can follow up with you and talk to you about that. You can do that tonight. If you're here tonight and you know you put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you know you're not making decisions every single day that honor God, and you just want somebody to pray for you, write it down on one of those cards. When we start to sing, drop it in this basket right here. Not going to call you out, but you will be prayed for. You don't have to put your name on it if you won't want to. But I would encourage you to. So we know who to pray for. And what you're going through. Guys. My prayer. The prayer of every adult in this room. Is that you will know Jesus. You will know the light of the world. And it will affect everything you do. Every moment of your life. So that other people see it. And other people know. Who you belong to. Let me pray. God we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you for your son, Jesus.
God, thank you that, that we have something so simple that we rely on so heavily every day as life. And yet your word tells us that you are the more important, most important life that we ever have in our life. God, help us to trust that. Help us to believe that. Help us to live that out. Help us.